welcome to Cracking One Open. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. And we're cracking one open. That's what we do. We crack we're cracking one open. open. We went over this last week. Right, yes, we're right, cracking two fine, open. Fine. Technically, I've already cracked one open. Technically, you have your wine, but you always have your I've wine. Popped one over the five. <laughs> so I mean, we both do it. I'm drinking True. a Daybreaker from Two Roads. Their new tropical punch flavor. Tropical punch. To be honest, uh, Two Roads. I love you, but I don't love the Daybreakers. Eh, it's not for you. They're not for me. But there are some basic Bettys out there that I'm sure absolutely love them. I can see why you make them. <laughs> and they're probably made with, I imagine every brewery can make daybreaker type things. Probably. Because the vodka has got to be pretty much just kind of like an after product of making ethanol in general. Mm-hmm. So then it's bing, bam, boom. What are we doing with this? Let's make seltzers or vodkas. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever they were yeah. doing to make the H2 roads before this. Boom. Just daybreakers. Make, make it into daybreakers. They use real fruit juice. I'm personally a big fan of the blood orange. There's a pineapple mule I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I like that because I love mules. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't found one for me personally. That's fair. But you've always got me with your beers too, Roots. <laughs> and your seltzers. True. Anyway. Also bring back that, what was it? cotton candy seltzer oh that was banging yeah start a petition yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway we're getting way off topic this week we are cracking open kicking knowledge from barrier brewing company which is uh did we not do this beer already kind of okay good observation <laughs> um which is located along the south shore of long island in oceanside new york Barrier Brewing was established. Also, this is um, from Nassau County. So, whoop, whoop, represent. So, you said New York wrong. New York. New York. Long Island. <laughs> Long Island. Represent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we both went to school in Long Island. No, yeah. My mom's from Long Island. Well, she's from Brooklyn, then Long Island. She's a real New Yorker. So, Barrier Brewing was established in 2009 with their first batches of beer rolling out to the public in mid 2010. And their first year of production yielded more than 700 BBLs of beer with a one barrel system. So just as a refresher, a BBL is a barrel. A U.S. barrel is 31 gallons or about 248 pints of beer. Another way to look at it is that a half of one barrel is about the size of a standard keg or 124 pints. So they made how many? 700. So they made 1400 kegs in a year. Basically. Not bad, not bad, not bad. Then in 2012, the brewery relocated to a larger space and was able to upgrade to a five-barrel system and a 1,500 BBL um, of initial capacity, but the location, unfortunately, was severely damaged by Hurricane Sandy. Wow. After several months of rebuilding, along with support from other local breweries, Barrier was able to reopen in February of 2013. They upgraded again in 2017 to a system capable of producing 15,000 BBL per year. That's 30,000 kegs, y'all. God damn. I think we should do that when we say the BBLs just to give like the layman like a better idea. Yeah. That's 30,000 full kegs also. What most people don't realize is the Mm -hmm. kegs they picture from like restaurants and breweries nowadays are logs, which are quarter kegs. Oh my God. So then- so you have to double the amount. So whatever barrels, double that for kegs uh-huh. and then times that by four for your typical keg, which is typically most people sell quarter. No, logs are sixth. So then multiply that by six. 
Holy crap. Six to four. Because there are some breweries do do uh, more half kegs, I think. But yeah, quarter box. That's crazy. Um, and as of right now, and the last time that we covered this beer, technically, um, <laughs> Barrier is distributed in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and South Carolina. I don't know exactly how long their beer has been available in Connecticut. I don't recall having it like before the first time that we covered it or since. I don't remember having any barrier beer other than Kick and Knowledge. Yeah. Which is like there are I haven't at, seen it on at least one yet. or two other beers from them that I always see in the liquor store. But yeah, I've never seen it on tap, I guess. Yeah. And we're pretty close to the city in terms of uh, yeah. where we lie in Connecticut on the shoreline. So. And the logo is like really cool. So I feel like we would definitely recognize it if we saw it in a restaurant. Oh, yeah. On tap. Mm -hmm. So this kick in knowledge is a milkshake. Well, all kick in knowledge <laughs> is a milkshake India pale ale with vanilla, coconut, sea salt and caramel. And just like the other version that we covered two years ago, it's hopped with mosaic, motueka and citra. So kick in knowledge is obviously a series for barrier, but this variation, salted caramel, I wanted to pick up because I feel like it's kind of at the other end of the flavor spectrum than the one that we tried before. The first one that we covered, which is strawberry, which is the original version that, thought, okay. that they that they released in 2019, was part of a collaboration with Burgerology, and they've released quite a few different flavor variations, um, including mango, pineapple, creamsicle, pink guava, peach, passion fruit. Key lime and pumpkin. I do remember you listing those and me wanting to try like all of those. Yeah. So before we continue, mm -hmm. so vanilla wasn't in our strawberry one? Yes. Um, I will get to it. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, so I didn't realize, like I said before, that there had been so many iterations of the beer when I first bought it. They all use the same base, the vanilla and coconut, and then it's hopped with the same hops and then lactose is added, which makes it a milkshake. Yeah, this is probably the original kick in knowledge we had was probably one of the best lactose beers We've I think had. I've ever had. Yeah. yeah. And in I'm, terms of making something a milkshake. I'm pretty sure it was the only milkshake IPA we've covered on this podcast as well. Pretty sure. Yes. Yeah, so we've had a bunch elsewhere, but yeah, I think yeah. this is the first one we, that was the only one we covered. Yeah. I don't not like milkshake IPAs. It's kind so of like I don't like, like a, some of them, but- Few and far between kind of thing. It's not something you want to drink all the time. But this is like, I remember the kick and knowledge being the first one that actually was like, this is a milkshake. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of excited to be able to finally try a new flavor. Yeah. And like I said, it's it's been two years. This is like a flavor that's so far removed from strawberry. I feel like the only like the only other one that I feel like would be a good comparison would be pumpkin, which ah. I which I still have not seen. It's getting close, though. Mm -hmm. And I love pumpkin milkshakes. Love them. Mm. Love everything pumpkin. It's pumpkin pie in a glass with vanilla ice cream, and then you just mix it up. Mm. Love them. <laughs> so like I mentioned, this was originally a collab with Burgerology, which has a few different locations spread out on Long Island. My impression, I'd say the closest thing that we have around here would be like Flipside. Maybe Plan B, like Prime 16-ish. So any big burger like a restaurant. Gour gourmet burger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a bigger chain in, is what it seems like. In, um, Plan B is pretty big. Yeah. 
Um, but burgerology seems to have a more extensive and like customizable menu than something like Shake Shack. That mm. guy, even though Shake Shack does have their own custom beer from what's the other one that begins with a B? Brooklyn. They do? Yeah. What? We've seen it in Grand Central. I've seen Shake Shack in Grand Central. Yeah, and they have, places they have in the their city. own beer. There's a Shake Shack in like Westport now. Yeah. We need There's to go to Shake Shack now. Okay. Like, A, I've always wanted to try Shake Shack, but now we have to to try the Brooklyn beer. A, it's their There's own There's a Portobello beer. burger. We can go. And <laughs> it's Brooklyn. You have French fries. We'll go. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> but yeah, the, the menu looks pretty delicious. If we're ever going back to Long Island, I'm totally down with hitting up Birdurology. Sure. Um, and then obviously Aztec Emperor for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to kicking knowledge. It clocks in at 7% ABV. And we've got Mosaic, Citra, and Motueka hops. Mosaic hops were released in 2012 and feature complex but clean flavor characteristics and are known for their triple-use profile encompassing bittering flavor and aroma. Mosaic hops have high alpha acid levels but low cohumulone, which makes them pleasantly hoppy, with flavors of mango, pine, citrus, and herbs, and aromas like tropical and stone fruits. Mosaic hops are the daughter of Simcoe and Nugget, which have earned themselves the nickname Citra on steroids. Citra, aka 114, aka HBC 394, uh, its lineage includes Tetnanger, Heller Tower Middelfra, Brewer's Gold, East Kent Goldings. And I think that's an interesting that um, a lot of traditional noble hops you would normally associate with a, like a clean, crisp Pilsner contributed to a hop that's known for its like citrusy punch in IPAs. True, 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 true. Um, and that is because of its high mercine content giving it an extraordinary flavor profile of grapefruit, lime, and tropical fruits. And last but not least, we've got Motueka, a hop out of New Zealand, and it is considered their version of a noble hop. It's a cross between Saz and two other New Zealand varieties, making this hop a triploid or seedless hop. While New Zealand was experimenting with breeding this hop, a Belgian brewery started using it, calling it Belgian Saz or B-Saz, but to avoid confusion, it's now just called Motueka. It is New Zealand's second most popular hop behind Nelson Salvin, my love. Mm. Um, and on the nose, Motueka has a bright, lively citrus quality of lemon and lime, along with some tropical, floral, and stone fruit. But the tropical fruit really comes through more, most prominently in its flavor, along with floral and spicy or herbal notes like rosemary and basil. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I like is... Motueka and I like Rowaka. Rowaka, yeah. I think I might like Rowaka better. Well, I think you figured out that you liked Rowaka specifically or maybe especially because of the the single hop series that Tribus did. And mm. I don't think they've done a Motueka one yet. They, I don't think they have. I don't think they've done another one of those for a little while. Yeah. Motueka is also used in a broad variety of, of beer styles, including everything from European ales and English ales to dark lagers, Mybox, Belgian ales, Pilsners, and IPAs. Mybox. We had a Mybox? I believe so. I think Two Roads made a Mybox at some point. 
I think you're right now. Because I think I made a Minoc joke from Star Wars. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yep. Um, so I thought this would also be a good opportunity to revisit what makes a beer a milkshake IPA, since we haven't covered one before or after the other kick in knowledge back in 2020. Milkshake IPAs are similar, but apparently somehow different from smoothie IPAs, but they both fall under the umbrella of the New England style IPA. Milkshake and smoothie IPAs use a lot of fruit additions, unfermentable sugars, aka lactose, and adjuncts like vanilla to create a creamy, full-bodied texture that's supposed to be similar to what you slurp at a malt shop. The main ingredient that sets milkshake IPAs apart from other juicy and hazy IPAs is that lactose. Beyond that, fruit and spice additions further that differentiation between a New England IPA and a milkshake or a smoothie IPA. A lot of breweries will also add oats or pectin to really round out the body of the beer. This style in general will always have an above average haze that gives the impression of like viscosity. Ah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And from what I can tell, the, ori- the origin of the milkshake IPA can be traced back to Omnipalo, a Swedish brewery, and Tired Hands in Philadelphia as far back as 2015 when the two collaborated on an IPA brewed with oats, wheat, and lactose sugar. It was fermented on strawberries and vanilla beans, hopped up with mosaic and citra, and then named Milkshake. Not long after, similar styles started popping up across the country. And that is from Vine Pear and Hop Culture. Vine Pear. And that's what I got. Nice. Shall we try this delicious dessert? I'm super Hopefully. excited. Yes. Yeah, let's do it. All right. My microphone is in drink mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah. I just kind of get hops when I I, I open the can. I didn't get anything. Oh, I get some creaminess maybe. Now here's what I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Was the strawberry one pink? No. Okay. I get coconut. Mm -hmm. I get vanilla. Vanilla. I'm also getting citra. Mm -hmm. A little bit of citrusiness. I feel like I also get a little bit of that saltiness off the top too. I wouldn't mm. be surprised. It's made with sea salt and caramel. You know, I don't know if I get the citra. I think I might get the motoweka. Oh, no. You know what? I'm getting the mosaic. It's the berry. I'm getting the berry. Oh, okay. I'm going to say it's not citra that I get. Ooh, as the head is going down, I'm getting a little bit more. Yeah, almost to the a drinkable point. So it's like a hazy straw color. Very hazy. Pretty much... There's some bubbles though. Yeah, not see through at all. Anyway, I think it's down to drinkable status. <gasps> Cheers. Cheers. Oh my God. Oh, that's so weird. And I really like it. It's surprisingly refreshing. Yeah. It's almost got this mint note at the end that's like ah, fresh. Like uh, a fresh and cool kind didn't of Didn't I describe one of the hops as like having an herbal? You did. I'm going to guess whichever one had the like rosemary and basil. That would make sense because basil has similar qualities to mint when you kind of eat it on your own in terms of like that refreshing kind of motueka cooling kind of thing. So it is motueka. It's super refreshing. I do get a little bit of mintiness to it and I know you probably won't because last time I said that about a beer, you never got the mintiness. I can kind of see where you're coming from, but I'm trying to focus more on getting the, the salt and the caramel. 
I mean, that vanilla, like like you said, the vanilla and the coconut is like right up there. Mm-hmm. But the the salty I get the caramel. caramel is very subtle. But oh no, I think it's like right there. It tastes like you're eating a coconut like candy bar. Okay, okay, interesting. Let me let me dive back in. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% get the caramel. I 100% get the vanilla and the coconut. Mm-hmm. The vanilla and the coconut work together. Definitely. So the vanilla is not like crazy strong. Like in some other beers, definitely like in Tribus beers, we're like, oh, that's vanilla. Mm-hmm. The vanilla is there to help the coconut in like a coconut ice cream kind of way. Because mm-hmm. like if you have coconut ice cream, you use like vanilla as the base and then you have the coconut mm-hmm. and then it becomes coconut ice cream. But the vanilla is there. The sea salt caramel is absolutely there and gives it this, the first taste is that vanilla caramel and then you immediately get this, or the vanilla coconut, and then you immediately get this caramel. Caramel kind of after. Undercoating, like it's, you're biting through a bar and the uh, sea salt caramel is in the middle of the bar that you're biting through. Yeah, but like salted caramel, the salt is there in such perfect proportion that it's not salty. No, it's to bring out the caramel, I feel. Flavor. Yeah, it just kind of, it tones down the sweetness, so it's not like sickeningly sweet. Which is something that's also great about this. You hear like milkshake IPA or milkshake, like obviously we've covered milkshake stout briefly on the podcast mm-hmm. before in the six pack series mm-hmm. for stouts. They're usually sickeningly sweet. Yeah. Uh, and it's a problem. really isn't at all. You know, when you hear like the milkshake, you're just like, like oh, turned off. Yeah. And like we've had some milkshake. I still get like a little bit of bitterness from the hops at the end. Yeah. And we've had milkshake IPAs recently, or at least I have, that I really like, but are so heavy and sweet that I'm Mm -hmm. just like, well, that's my one and done. Yeah. This is not like that. It is heavy. I'm not saying it's not heavier. No, I don't know if I could have two in a row. (laughs) But at the same time. This is delicious. I could have one of these and then go back to other beers or have beers and go to this. Absolutely. It's not going to weigh me down to where, like, if I went to the brewery to have and had a kick in knowledge, I'd be like, nope. Plus, if I had a shorter pour of this, I could have a couple of these. That's fair. Yeah, we are having a tall boy. We were at Barrier drinking, you know, not even just flights, but just, you know, I imagine these would be in the the snifter kind of pours, Mm -hmm. the 12 ounce kind of snifter pours. Yeah, probably. I think that I could have, you know, two or three of them and then I'd be so full. That would Mm -hmm. be it. But, uh. Well, especially if you're having a burger and fries with it. Now that's connected with Barrier or they're just working with Barrier? That would be at Burgerology where we would get this. And then I don't know what. I imagine this is still available at the brewery, though. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Or whatever variation is the most recent. Out at the, at the moment. Yeah. But no, I, this is so interesting. I don't know what I like better. I think I might. I don't know. This is more interesting because there's so many different flavors. Yeah. But the strawberry would have been was such so... a turnoff normally. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about a beer and ice cream. And it just absolutely was strawberry ice cream to the point where I was like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I'm not as shocked that they made it work. A, because we had the other one and B, because these flavors already lend themselves to other beers. Although sea salt and caramel. I don't know if I've had another salted caramel beer. I don't think so. But oh man, it's so, I just picture this candy bar, this kind of like, it reminds me of the seven layer coconut, uh, Cake ice cream from oh Ben and Jerry's that I used to eat all the time God. that I haven't seen in years and years now. Years that you used to get at the theater and I'd have you oh, take the, rid of un- ben and Jerry's? the unused tubs. Yeah. yeah. Or if we overordered. Oh my God. Yep. Coconut seven layer bar ice cream. 
was awesome for Ben and Jerry's. Amazing. And then I'd, you know, grab a couple free samples for myself when I was working back then. <laughs> back when I was working at the theater. Oh. Hey. By the way, for anybody listening right now, I'm a, I'm a free man. I, uh, I'm a freelancer now. So uh, if anyone needs podcasts edited, produced, voiceovers, audiobooks, <laughs> uh, hit me up. Hit me up. I can do all that. Also, we starting some YouTube shows. Save it for the end. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this absolutely hits all the mo- all the parts of a coconut seven layer bar ice cream, and even a couple of the yeah, coconut seven layer bar accurate. cakes I've had, which I've had like two or three in my lifetime, and one I didn't like. But the other two were really good, and this hits like everything that's in a coconut seven layer bar, like candy ice cream or candy cake kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. And with the ice cream, though, it's like perfect because it's like with the lactose, you're getting that ice creamness, and it just is ice cream. But it's also not what you might have pictured in your head as you're listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a hazy beer, but it's still a beer. It's not this weird ice cream colored, no white wannabe smoothie beer kind of thing. When you pour it out, it's this beautiful golden orange. It's got a nice head on it. It drinks it's like a hazy IPA, but pretty it's pretty like well super carbonated, thick. but not crazy. It's no, it's yeah, not. There is some thick. carbonation. And there are some hazies that are maybe even less carbonated than this. Yeah. This has a carbonation. It's not so thick that it's pretty much matches just other hazies. Mm-hmm. It's that lactose is going to slow you down a little bit, but then the flavor is just going to bring you right back into that. Yeah. My mother would kill for this beer. <laughs> we'll have to say where it can. Yeah, this would be. She would go nuts for this. And she hates beer, but I think, I, think I don't think there's any just, way she could not this like this. This is the perfect balance where, yeah, she could totally enjoy it. I wonder if my dad would like it because he loves caramel. He loves sea salt, but he doesn't like coconut. But he only doesn't like coconut mm. because he's so used to coconut shavings. And he doesn't like the texture of eating all those shavings. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be, I feel, I think that would be a tough sell for your dad. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I'd have to have him try it without knowing it was coconut. Yeah, mm. don't mention the coconut first. Because <laughs> he's had things that are coconut that he likes. It's really just the coconut shavings he doesn't like. Which is totally fair. Like, I am now a huge fan of coconut, whether the, the texture is there or not. But I the texture used to be a huge turnoff. You're welcome. For me. Yeah. I had to get you to eat a lot of coconut stuff with me. That was back when we were buying desserts every night with dinner. Mm-hmm. Back when we were young with disposable fast income. Fast metabolisms. And had fast metabolisms and weren't <laughs> fat. <laughs> um, but... No, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not really hung up on textures. There's very few things where I can't eat something because of the textures. I'm not saying there's nothing because I, I can't, at the top of my head, I know I can't think of any, but I know there's like one or two foods where, one of which I had recently where I was like, you know what? Really? I can't Ooh, remember what, what it was. was it? I don't remember. But there was something I had where the texture Inquiring was so weird that I was just like, you know what? I just, I don't know if I like this because of the texture. Mm. Well, for the most part, I could eat like monkey brains and if they tasted delicious, I'd be like, yeah, Ugh. but I couldn't eat monkey brains because I knew they were monkey brains and that or would make me sad. What I was going to say was the other night when I made the, the tempeh stirred fry and I thought that I burnt the tempeh, it was actually like probably the best well cooked yet. Like I really enjoyed that texture. Mm-hmm. But it was more crunchy. You didn't really burn it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, this is a great way to get some coconut and vanilla action going. Sea salt, caramel. You'll never have another beer like this. I think you'd be hard no. pressed to find something. 
if you locally, as you're listening to this podcast, have something like this, like good for you, you're lucky. But sea salt and caramel with the if vanilla. barrier is available near you, run. Do not walk to your local liquor store. Yeah, if you're in the Northeast <laughs> area, which I imagine 90% of our listeners are, get this beer. I'm like, honestly thinking it. about picking up one more pack. That's re- It's really, really cool. And I still want to try more of the milkshakes. Yeah. And this only makes me want to try even more because I really hope we it's get the not pumpkin. just a one hit wonder. I really want to try the pumpkin as well. I love pumpkin milkshakes. Another thing, back in the theater, back in the fall when we had Ben and Jerry's and after that we lost the country, we had Edie's. I had a pumpkin milkshake recipe that I always had the staff make for uh, customers and stuff like that. Oh. Um, because I, I just love pumpkin milkshakes. So, I mean, I love pumpkin. You can pumpkin everything. Yeah. Which is weird because when I was a kid, I hated pumpkin pie. <laughs> but I still loved pumpkin everything else. Just pumpkin pie when I was a kid. But now I love pumpkin. Pumpkin. Pie and everything. <laughs> and mostly pumpkin beer. I'm super excited. Like, I know it's super early. It's almost pumpkin season. But pumpkin season already happened. It's like yeah. the pumpkin seltzers already happened mm-hmm. from uh, Shipyard. Shipyard. Other pumpkin beers were advertised. I saw on my Instagram. Yep. And it's late July, but it's... Blue Point was advertising Mother mother of Pumpkin. Oh, maybe that was it. It's mm-hmm. like, it's pumpkin beer time. Let's go. Let's fucking go. Pumpkin <laughs> beer all day, Ooh, every that, day. Nah, I guess we technically already did a six pack. Did we do a pumpkin six pack or we just did a fall six pack and they hum- happened to be mostly pumpkin? No, we did a pumpkin six pack. Okay. But we could do a second pumpkin six pack because we said there were so many pumpkins. Yeah, but then we'd have to let go of the amazing ones we already did. We'd have to do our top, like our top two from the last one. Our top two from the last one ones. against four new ones. Yep. All right, we'll see if we can make that happen for you. There guys. are so many pumpkin beers. I feel like we could do a new pumpkin beer six pack every year. That's how many pumpkin so. beers there are. Also, Dockside Brewery and Brew Pub, which is near us. Mm-hmm. Oh, the original guy the didn't like to do a pumpkin beer. Is gone. Next time I see the uh, the main guy, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, where's that pumpkin Bob? beer? Are we doing a pumpkin beer this year." I'm really excited about that. Rosemary's Baby from Two Roads. Mm-hmm. But Barrier, if you're listening. Amazing job. How many how many ice cream beers do you have and how many can you ship us? Right. <laughs> Honestly, though. I would love to sit down and talk to Barry about how they made it as ice cream beer, too. Yeah. Oh, man. We could do like <laughs> a a short weekend, go back to our alma maters, grab some. You need a, a new Hofstra sticker for your car. I need a new Hofstra shirt. True. Yeah. Yeah. I need an Adelphi sticker. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, it's so good. Even the aftertaste is good. Even like breathing out is just like, yes. It's pleasant. This is so smooth and well balanced. What's great is, you know how I always have ice cream cravings, Mm -hmm. but I also always have beer cravings. This would satiate both. I wouldn't need to go out and be like, I need Carvel. I need Carvel. Cause honestly I need Carvel, but (laughs) I don't need it today because I feel like I've had ice cream. This is so good. Yeah. So good. The can is a tall boy can. and I don't want to go over the can too much because I already went over the can once. This is a little bit different. So obviously (laughs) it's the same kind of like a chalkboard in the back with the green, the green chalkboard classic and burgers equal milkshakes, a bunch of equations on the board in chalk. But in this one, you've got like melted caramel, uh, salted caramel on it. Uh huh. You've got I noticed salted caramel around the border with caramel pieces. This in like the corner, barrier. which I don't know what that means. An O3. So this is probably the third in their milkshake series. But that's the thing. I don't know. 
Like in what order they were made and how many repeats they've done. Nobody knows. Yeah. Well, they might do repeats, but this is still always going to be the third one they made. So three is probably Fair. still going to come And then up. Strawberry would be one. Yep. There's a dude, like a, a straight up hipster dude. I don't know if I like this dude. <laughs> Unless he's the main brewer, then I totally like then you. Hey. Let's, uh, let's Let's collaborate. <laughs> um, but like he's got like a button down shirt, like a dark brown or light brown button down shirt. And he's drinking a milkshake out of a glass. And it's brown. And I think he was drinking a strawberry colored milkshake for the strawberry one. which Probably. is nice. And he's got a big old beard and sunglasses and a backwards cap, non-printed cap. Just very hipstery. <laughs> I think if it's ha- had like maybe New York Yankees or something, which then you're going to. Oh, that's very Mets, divisive. Yeah, then your Mets crowd's not going to want to pick up a thing. You're, yeah. No, no Sox fan in Massachusetts is going to pick up anything. But the non-denominational hat just kind of screams hipster. And he's pointing with the chalkboard to kick in knowledge milkshake. It's also written in chalk. 7% alcohol by volume. And then the barrier logo is all at the top. It's just like big old bubbly font barrier brewing kind of expands with the circle that's around it. Mm-hmm. And it's a big old like cursive B with these feathered kind of botanicals at the tail. But it's very similar to the Brooklyn Brewery B in, in that it's very script like and very fancy. Oh, that's true. Established 2009. So. Happy 13-year anniversary, Barrier Brewing. Dang. You're a teenager now. India Pale Ale brewed with vanilla, coconut, lactose, sea salt, caramel, and dry hopped with Matawika, Mosaic, and Citra. Burgerology logos on the side. Keep cold and drink fresh. Originally brewed for our friends at Burgerology, it says. On the right side, you get the government warnings. Oceanside, New York's where it's made. Illustrated by Daniel F. Birch. Always love when they give the artist their due. Independent craft brewery logo on the side as well. That's really all the cans got. It's it's got a lot of stuff going on with it. The chalkboard stuff's definitely interesting. And the salted caramel border on the bottom. Uh, I the one thing I would say about kick and knowledge milkshake is while it's cool with the chalkboard and stuff. Yeah. It doesn't scream burgers and it doesn't scream ice cream. And I think I mentioned this the episode it was on. Oh. What it screams is, if anything, we've teamed up with a, a, a donation thing to help schools in our area or something like that. That's, That's true. What I it does it. send a kind of a mixed message in that way. You're I, right. I don't get ice cream and I don't get burgers. I know they have, you know, ice cream and burger hinted on the chalkboard, but. But also the name doesn't Kick in knowledge. Yeah, it's weird. I'd be interested to find out what and why they came up with the yeah, name. Yeah, what's it. the history behind the name, guys? Again, hit us up. You're dealing with your beer. I am. This is delicious. <laughs> you took my canned description for granted. <laughs> I'm assuming you're also going to be finishing this. Oh, would you assume I'm also going to be finishing this? Yeah, I'm guessing this is going to be a member of the uh, Clean Mug Club right about now. <laughs> You'd be right. We'll say as it gets warmer, the hops really come out. Mm-hmm. And they do kind of clash with the other flavors a little bit. Really? You think so? Yes. Okay. It gets a little little more bitter to the point where it's like, ooh, that bitterness doesn't mix with the coconut and the caramel as much as you'd think. Yeah, that's fair. Still not bad, but I mean, the flavors are still all there. The flavors are still fine, but- mm-hmm. As it was getting warmer because I was talking too long. Like, hmm. But damn, that was amazing. 
I'm very happy with this purchase. I still don't know if I like this better than the strawberry. I might have to give it to this one just because of how interesting it was. Just because the flavors are so different. Although mm-hmm. I have... I, I mean, People make strawberry beers, but they're strawberry beers. Yeah. I mean, I loved a beta strawberry. I, I was just thinking about that. Yep. A beta strawberry was like one of my favorite beers. Then they stopped making it. But God damn, that was a good summer beer. And I've been looking like... I'm I'm not going to lie. I've been keeping my eye out to see like if there's an Abita beer that we can really like cover. Purple Haze, but I've never liked it in bottle. Well, yeah. I didn't like it in bottle one time I had it. I love Purple Haze on draft. Mm-hmm. Purple Haze is so good in draft. So good on draft. Maybe I should try it again in bottle just to see if I got a fluke bottle. Maybe. Because I've never not loved it in draft. That's all I got. Drink this beer. Well, Kick yeah. and Knowledge Milkshake IPA. From Barrier Brewing, we got number three, which is salted caramel. If you see it, get it. Honestly, salted caramel, coconut. Judging by the two flavors that we've had already, if you see it in any version, just get it. Yes, any any flavor is going to be good. It would be my imagination or my assumption. Assumption. How many other flavors are there? Oh, there were a bunch. A bunch. Never mind. Although, like I said, I would I would be interested in trying pretty much all of them. Key lime, I know. I would love key lime. That's I was what really I said hoping last you time. got key lime last time, and we couldn't find it. Yeah. Although, okay, we're a so little out of season now. We're getting to the out of season time for key lime. Mango, probably amazing. Pineapple, interesting. Creamsicle, hell yes. Creamsicle, yes. Mango and pineapple, I'm at with because they're in every IPA. Yeah. Exactly. That's but that's my if they only do something different with them, hesitation sure. with it. Yes. Pink guava, subtle but interesting. I love guava. Uh peach. Well, a lot of beers you would do love. Guava. Peach, yes. Passion fruit. Again, that's gonna and go with the pineapple and the mango. Key lime and pumpkin. Key lime and pumpkin. Key lime, pumpkin, and then guava. Although a lot of beers do guava. Yeah. The other ones I would still love. I would love to see how they take that generic beer flavor and make that a good milkshake yeah but i can't i want pumpkin i want pumpkin so bad (laughs) i hope you tag the crap out of every instagram post we do i will do it i will try my best do what you can to get them to send us some pumpkin some pumpkin (laughs) and i'll definitely keep my out in liquor store even though you know i'm a bum now so i don't make money i gotta rely on you to provide me with my goods well i just i I just happen to (laughs) Stop there after work because it's convenient. Now you got this at the one near nearer Massachusetts or the one nearer us? No, the one closer to us. Okay. Because that's where I'd imagine that since they're from New York, the closer to us ones are going to have the yeah, pumpkin. Yeah, that's why I like being able to go to both Total Wines now. Because one's closer to Boston and the other's closer yeah, to New York. Yeah, so I get more Massachusetts, ba- Massachusetts, like Vermont beers at the other one and I get more like... Long Island, New York ones from this one. It's one of the really cool things about where we live is we live straddling the lines between two of the biggest cities in America. It's like, it's a little. We kind of get the best of both worlds. Technically, it takes longer to drive to Boston, but because the traffic is less, it's actually shorter to drive to Boston for the most part. Than it is to take the train to New York. To take the train or drive to New York most of the time because you're going to hit traffic depending on where you go. Boston is technically two hours, but really, it's I've, really not. I've gotten there in an hour and 15 minutes or less. <laughs> um, and then New York, they always say it's well, an hour and a half. Well, you also got to Hofstra in what, 45 minutes one time? One time. One time. 
That's insane to me. It was a ghost town. So I got all the way through, drove through like basically the city on the highway. I was in back roads in the city, but drove through, got on Long Island, got on the parkway and got all the way to Hofstra or technically I Hofstra the freeway through the city and back. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes. Nuts. No traffic at all. At rush hour on a Friday. I mean, yeah. No one was there. It was a fluke. Left at five. But yeah, being between two cities gives us the advantage of, hey, there's an event going on here. Hey, there's an event going on here. You could go and make a day trip out of it. Come back and still sleep in your own bed at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. Or just one night at a hotel. Or, hey, we're going to sell this stuff. Or we're going to sell this stuff. You're maybe going to find both things in your local store for anything it is. Whether it be potato chips or this or that. Or the local flavor of Boston is going to sell their stuff mm-hmm. here. Or... You know, New York stuff's going to sell their stuff there. It's pretty cool. We lucky. Yeah. So send us kicking knowledge, pumpkin. Yeah. The moral of the story is we want we want pumpkin. <laughs> but we also really would like to talk about how it's made. So Barry, if you're yeah. listening, we'd like to really talk to you about like, this is such an interesting beer. And if you want us to come down, we would absolutely love to try everything else that you have to offer as well. This is true. You are in driving distance. That's all I got. That's all you got? That's all all I got. So thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandwhenopen or shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. Yeah. And you. And you. But not you. <laughs> what else you got to plug? I got Forgotten Cinema Podcast with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time, but the film simply didn't catch on with an audience. In its initial run, we'll discuss what we love about it, maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own Forgotten Gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever podcasts can be found or ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. While you're there, check out all the other great Forgotten Entertainment family podcasts like us, DC, Marvel, Recent Activity, all those good ones, and our web stuff. Go check that out. Uh, And uh, I got audiobooks I do. Go buy them on Audible. You heard I don't have a job anymore. So go look for them and buy them already. God damn it. I don't get paid unless you buy them. Michael Butler, look for me, Switch Art for Gangsters, Coffee at Midnight, Vacation Planet. Uh, Switch Art for and Gangsters. Switch Art for and Gangsters, The Murder of Kelly Christopher, Progressive Entrapment, The Final Girl. Check all those out and coming soon. I got another book called Drowning in Oceans of Black. Check them out. Check them out. Check it, check it out, y'all. Wicka, wicka, wang. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. That was a terrible clink. Mm. There we go. There we go. I don't want to break my Margaritaville glass. No, it's, we both have no like more Margaritaville. We have so, irreplaceable glasses. Yeah.
Hi, I'm Mike Phil. I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Generic Ad. Join us every Wednesday as we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the film, maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. Forgotten Cinema is available wherever you get your podcasts or at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are a proud part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I swear I talk more in the episodes.